Okay, so on the podcast today, we have Zach Heasley. He is the head football coach at Payton City High School here in West Virginia. And I know you will love listening to this conversation. He's a very wise young coach. And thank you all for listening to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. All right, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, we have Zach Heasley on the podcast. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you having me. This, this is awesome. I'm glad to, glad to be on. Yeah, we've talked on Twitter, I think a couple times at least, and you finally you finally said you want to be on the podcast. So I said, hey, let's do it. <laughs> That's not how that happened. I asked you, and you were gracious enough to come on. I appreciate you coming on, though. Yeah, absolutely. This is awesome. I'm glad I'm here. Cool. So please introduce yourself to the listener and just give us some of your background, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. So I'll start. Obviously, my name is uh, Zach Easley. I'm currently the head football coach at Peyton City High School. Uh, born and raised, so so it's nice to come back to the alma mater. But going through, I went to high school at Peyton City. I graduated in 2015, so I'm kind of a youngin. Uh, went on. I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school. Went on to play football. I went to West Virginia Wesleyan for a semester. Um, I just wanted to be closer to home. Uh, after that, so I transferred to West Liberty, played the rest of my years as, as a defensive lineman uh, at West Liberty, and then the, the head coaching job at Payton City came up in my senior year of college in, in the, in the wintertime, so I bid on it and did everything I needed to, became the head coach, and and now I'm here. That's awesome. I I have such respect for guys to become a head coach at, at a young age. I, I was dumb enough to do that. I feel like you were probably much more prepared than me. I mean, I was an assistant for a while, but man, you think you know all this stuff, and then you realize you know nothing about being a head coach when you become a head coach. You know what I mean? Like you're you're throwing, you know, it's like the blind to lead the blind to the ditch kind of thing. It's just, yeah, I don't know, but it, it it was, you know, coming home, I knew everything about the program, I knew everything about the kids and parents, what what I was in for in my area. Uh, so, you know, being at 22 years old, I was able to take a lot of the, the culture and the things I've learned of West Liberty and even some at uh, West Virginia Wesleyan and, and brought it home and, and try to get things going. That's awesome. Talk about your time in college, how that prepared you for being a, a, a high school football coach. So I've, I've thought about that, you know, playing in college and how do I translate some of that. But I've never been able to fully, like, put that into words about how that prepared me. So what are your – what are your thoughts on that? How did your college experience prepare you to be a, a high school coach? You know what? It was all, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is management. Mm. I think, you know, when you get to college out of high school, you, you kind of, some people are ready for it. Some people aren't. And, and some people, it doesn't matter if you think you're ready or not. You go to college and you got to manage your time wisely when it comes to classes, practice, meetings, all that stuff. So I think first and foremost, uh, that had me ready, uh, being able to, manage my time, manage what I needed to do and, and get my priorities straight. And that, that's what helped me. And of course, being around some very, very smart coaches. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, for me, I told people this, I, I didn't really get to play a whole lot. Uh, my freshman year, I didn't really get to play. My sophomore year was taken away from me because I transferred to conference. So I didn't even get to play at all. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and then junior year, I played a little bit. Senior year, I played a little bit, started one game, but I think that made me so strong to where it's almost like anything could attack me and I'd be able to fight it, not be able to, to be ready in any situation. So I think that was 
Mm. I under, I hear you with the the playing time thing in college. I went to East Carolina out of high school and then redshirted. Then I was on the field goal team my redshirt freshman year. Then I transferred to Liberty, thinking oh, I want to go. Well, they, what they call they called it back then one double A. Go one double A. I want to start right now. Well, I didn't start for two years. I ended up starting by my senior year. But like you were saying, it teaches you so many good life lessons where you have to just push and push and push and try to to overcome. And I feel like it made me a better coach. And it's it's awesome to hear you say that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you, like you just said, yeah, it just pushes you to be better uh, in situations and make make it really mentally tough. And I really do believe that. And it, and it really pushed me to be where I am. That's awesome. What do you what do you teach at Payton City? Are you like a special ed guy or science or history? What do you what do you got going on there? I tell you what, I, I don't teach Payton City actually. Okay. I, I, yeah, I teach uh, health health at uh, Tower Consolidated, right up okay. right about fifteen minutes up the road, out out you know over the hills. What what we'd say? Sure. Uh, but I teach health for for grades nine and ten out there, and uh, and. I love it out there, and then I'll come into Payton City and, and okay. have have these kids. That's cool. Is Payton City a seven through twelve schools? That's was that was I reading that correctly? Seven through twelve, and I and I don't really know the exact number, but if I had to guess, I'd say seven through twelve. There's about 180 kids. Seven through twelve. Man, the halls. So, goodness! Yeah. I was talking to somebody at another small school in the state, and their numbers were about like that. And I don't. I don't know that I can comprehend that. I went to a, a private school, but we had 400 kids in high school. You know, that's, that's a different world. And, and right. I would love you to kind of get into like to start the football conversation. Like how, how do you manage your football roster with a school of, of that size? Uh, well, there's not much managing, I guess, sure. in regards to the numbers wise. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, when I played, when I played here, we never had anything over 20. Okay. Uh, and, and so I was able to attack that like I did when I played mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to injuries and stuff. But we were fortunate. My first year, we had 19 kids. Mm-hmm. And we got banged up a little bit, but we didn't, have, we didn't have serious injuries. I think the most serious thing we had was a kid. kid missed the game for a concussion midseason. And then after that, a kid was mm-hmm. – uh, he had a little bit of a neck, neck injury in, in like the ninth game of the year had to miss game 10 but other than that you know it's just the practices are different the mm-hmm. way it's so different it, it's you don't get to see 11 on 11 um you barely even get to go half line you, you get you got to manage your fundamental your fundamental uh, period as in quarterbacks got have to work with the wide receivers you, mm-hmm. you, we do a little bit we do about five to ten minutes by ourselves and then we'll go and work with each other so Managing that, it's a little tough, but but like I said, being able to do that when I played uh, kind of enhanced me to manage that a little bit better when I came back. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked to guys on the podcast that they have rosters of 80, 90, close to 100, and you find that the, the management of it is almost the same. Like if your numbers are really high or they're lower, where you have to be creative – in how you practice. So if you have a bunch of kids, how do we make sure we're not just staying around? I think if you have like a roster of between, you know, 35 to 50, that's pretty normal. But then when it gets below that, you have to be creative. And that's really what I admire about what you're talking about is being creative in how you practice. That's something that I think people, that goes unnoticed with smaller rosters. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you see things, and sometimes it's tough because you'll see things in games that you can't mimic in practice. Yeah. So we have to talk about it and do what we can to make mm-hmm. sure that they're ready for that. And one of, one of the things that off the top of my head in, in 2019, well, we only played two games last year, so there wasn't too much we could see. But mm-hmm. in my first year, one big thing was turnovers, and it was fumbles. Mm-hmm. It's tough to go over fumbles in practice when you don't have a whole lot of people. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've tried to show it. And usually in any period, you'll have an opportunity running mm-hmm. backs to work on holding the ball. But – you only got one or two running backs. It's, it's tough. You got to get some other things done. And I, I sure. and I'm not saying it's not important to go over that, but but yeah, it, there's things that you can't see uh, from a game like perspective, and, mm. and it really, it's almost like on the fly in the game where you got to figure it out. Sure, that's but awesome. But it's fun. It, it, I think it'll it'll help me in in the future um, if I if I move from Peyton City, move on to a bigger school somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's like hey. I've had a team of 19 guys, and we manage that just fine. Don't think that if you're part of the 30 here and you start being what we call a cancer on the team, that we'll let you go. Because, sure. Because I, I, can, I can deal with, with this. Yeah, I can deal with 19. I don't need, you know, 70. Right. <laughs> oh, man. that's we, we got to a point this past year, 2020, injuries. We had a crazy year with injuries and we started running offensive plays on barrels so we would line the barrels up on a hash move it to the other hash and i i kind of liked it for getting a lot of reps you can just roll guys in you know the barrels line up in the front hey you're telling your right guard and left guard make sure that guy's in a three and a one you know the ball's here so you're telling your center to line the ball up and the guards to make sure where they are then you have the, the front lined up and then you can put some coverage guys out there but man that's that's something I may carry over going forward. Maybe just like maybe just a period in practice, but I thought it was really good. Do you guys do anything like that, like running plays on barrels or or cones or something like that? I tell you what, we don't use that. I, I, I tell you what we do. We have fun little periods, and then we get then we we go. We have a day where it's offensive minded day. Where mm. We'll have more indie indie period related to offense, so we do defense, vice versa. The next day, mm. we got special teams, of course. But we, we do have an inside run period. No receivers. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll throw in the H back inside. He's, he's a two by two guy, mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't even throw him in there so that we can utilize the rest of our guys. We'll have our five linemen, running back, quarterback, and sometimes not even our quarterback. Mm-hmm. We'll use him for a series of plays to make sure that our run action is precise mm-hmm. and great. And then maybe we'll take that guy because that guy's got to play sometimes linebacker in our, in our sure. area here. And, and we'll set that up. We'll go over every single run scheme we have. We'll do that inside run game, and then we'll go half line. When it comes to wide receivers, we'll set up we'll set up three or two receiver side, and we'll get ourselves a little bit of a defensive look when it comes to corner safety linebacker. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work our pass game off of that. And then we'll also do a little half line and work a little bit of our RPOs and that kind of thing. So we do get good looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do we do have a plan in place. And, and it really has helped us a lot, I think. And it mm. gives guys reps offensively and defensively because they have to work. Sure, no doubt. How many run schemes do you think you can carry? That's a, that's a conversation I've had with some other people. How many do you think you can carry in practice? You know what? I Off the top of my head, what we do is I think we have maybe six. We have okay. six run runs. We have mm. outside zone, inside zone, power, trap, um, 
we have buck power. Mm-hmm. That may be a, a substance. Okay. But what, what we do is the ones that we are very successful with, which we'll know after our scrimmages, honestly. Sure, yeah. The ones we're very successful with, those are first and foremost what we go over and practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have a scout set up and we'll say, okay, this is what we'll do. We have this this run concept. We're going to go over it against a three-man, four-man, five-man front. Anything that we are possibly going to see, we're going to throw it out there. So these guys understand the game, and, and they're getting to the point. We have a couple of very smart lines. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll call. We have calls for them. If we're running power and we see a three technique to the power side, we're actually going to take that guard instead of blocking down. We're going to block him out. We're going to pull inside. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, so we're not we're not always going to be a B gap power, not sure. Full power team. We may go A gap. So it right. depends on the setup. So so that's nice too, and we're able to kind of to mess with that a little bit. So that is what it is. That's good. I, I'd go back and forth every off season. How many? Because I think high school football starts in the run game. So how many run schemes do you carry? There are a couple of years there that maybe we didn't carry enough run scheme. Yeah, but then you think about how can I practice it versus everything. And that's even like in the passing game. How many things can we carry to get it repped? Because you don't want to go in a game and run something you haven't repped, you haven't worked. I mean, what's your philosophy on on how you get all that covered in practice? Oh uh, well, you, you know what I mean. Like I said, the ones that we carry are the ones we're good at. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll really rep those heavily. And when it comes to the pass game, we'll do the same thing with the setup where I'm telling my quarterback, this is what we like this week, okay, and this is what we're going to do. We, we want to keep it simple for our guys, so we'll tell them this is in the game plan this week. We're going to practice it. This is what you're probably going to see, and this is what you could see. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's what we do. And if there's something we have to throw out there, that's stuff that we do early August. We have every single day. I don't go above, like, 75 plays. We have schemes where we can run any, any formation with any kind of scheme. Sure. At the same time, like we have a lot of formation and scheme plays that, that go together, and we'll practice that. We'll practice about 10 or 15 plays a day the next day, 10 or 15 more mm-hmm. to kind of install everything. But, sure. But, like, I, you know, at a very small single school, really any school, the high school kids are the same kids. They're all 15, 16, 17 year old mm-hmm. kids. So we just we really get together, we game plan of what we like that week and what we, we want to stick with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, kind of our emergency emergency schemes throughout that week, and we really, really pound that week for those guys. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. That's so good. Like you were talking about, just being simple, I think, is one of the biggest keys. Right. That I would rather lose a game because you're just that much better than me than we lose it because we can't execute our stuff. Absolutely. You know? I told our guys day one, I said, I would rather you – I would rather keep it simple and you guys give me 100% effort and mm-hmm. put all this stuff in and all of a sudden you're a little confused and you gave me 80%. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how we keep that. That's how we keep that. No doubt. I, I find myself the offseason, I'm sure, the same way. You you can, look, you can look on Twitter and there's a million different schemes that look really good because they got the highlight cut up in the tweet and you think to yourself, I want to add that. But then – you know, wise coach once told me, if you're going to add something, you have to take something out. Right. Oh, it, if you just keep adding, it just multiplies up. You got a thousand page playbook. So how, how do you do that? Like, how do you 
like, do I want to add this? I want to take this out. Like what's your, what's your process there? I tell you what, I do exactly what you do. Every time I see something on Twitter that looks successful, I'm like, Hey, this looks good. I write this down. Uh, but what I do is I have everything written down. I'll write mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff down. And if I feel like, and I'll go over film and I'll look at success rate and I'll look at mm. what worked, what didn't work, and if we even ran it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'll take those plays out and then I'll add some of the stuff in, try it out. And then if it works, awesome. We just added another scheme or another another play to our system that, that, that can work. And if not, mm. then it takes it out, which is, I mean, well, I think I think coaches should do every year trial and error. Yeah. Figure out what's 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 good for your guys that year. Not every year is going to be the same. You're going to have mm -hmm. different athletes. So so that's the way. I, that's what I think. But you have an arsenal. You have everything that you have written down, and and you kind of pick and, and pull what what is good for your team. Mm -hmm. What do you do in the three week period, Coach? Like, what's your philosophy on three week period? Do you install everything during the three week period? Do you install some of it? Do you do a lot of seven oh sevens? Other people, like what's your what's your philosophy of the three week period here in West Virginia? And for people who don't know, in West Virginia, we get three weeks we can do football in the summer. That's that's what that means. You can get a helmet and ball out and that kind of stuff. Yeah, for the three week period, we, we do seven on sevens. We try to host one every year. Uh, right now, we're we're in talks. We'll host one. We'll give it a one. Just do it. Really mm -hmm. get guys to see the field again um, and learn. But we install actually. And, okay. and, and, and my philosophy on this is the off season and the three week period is we get ready. We, we know what we need to do. We have everything ready to go. And that August 2nd, 3rd, 1st date, whatever that is, that first week in August when we start up, from there we are perfecting our craft. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I view it. We need to have everything in place to where that August day where it's time to go, you know, we'll go over stuff. We may install something every once in a while, something do mm. from that point we are perfecting our craft we're in the first game we know everything like the back of our hand and we're ready to go out that's awesome how many days a week do you like to go during the three-week period that's something i ask almost everybody in the state of west virginia what's your what's your schedule look like during those during those three weeks you know what i honestly i i can't even remember like we, we <laughs> it's been have, so long yeah. it's been a long time and, and the thing is, with our three-week period this past year, we had one practice, and then we had quarantine. Yeah. So we didn't even get to have a three-week period. But if yeah. I had to talk my head my first year, I feel like that's a little different. You're, you're really – you're first coming in, so you're, you're really yeah. trying to out everything. We probably went every day mm. uh, during that three-week period, which mm. they came in and lifted anyways, so we might as well get more field work in. As yeah, well. sure. So I think we did. I, I believe we did go every day. I've heard this year it's in July is what somebody has told me. I'm not sure if that's final or whatnot for each county. I don't I don't really know at this point. Yeah, it's county by county. Uh, the county I work out of Tyler. Tyler's going in July. I know that. Okay. And, and that's why I believe Biden is. That's cool. Coach, talk about your defensive philosophy. What's your what's your bread and butter on the on the dark side of the football? I tell you what, my first year we did a four two five. It's what we ran at West Liberty. Mm -hmm. And I love, love, love Mm. And, I, and I'm the D-line coach as well um, in, in, in Main City. And I just tell the guys, hey, if you guys aren't going to be good up front, we are not going to be good at all. Amen. Um, Preach that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I, I let them know, too, like, hey, um, 
you guys are the forefront of this entire defense. You have mm. to be good or else, like I said, it's not good at all. This past season, we, we actually moved to a 3-4. Sure. Uh, we thought that we could get our guys to move more on the defensive front and create headaches for offensive linemen. Like, again, we think these are teenagers. We're going to mm. try to trick them by moving linemen in. Here comes the backer up. Great pressure. But we come to find out in the in the first two games that we were losing a lot of containment. Oh, okay. Get reached, yeah. So we're going to get out of that. We're going to get back to our four-two-five, and 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 you see in West Virginia, I'm not really sure down that way. I feel like down that way is more more actual run-heavy single wing stuff. I'm not really sure how much spreads run down there, but up here, I mean, we we see teams that spread the ball, but everyone is. It's pretty much a run game. You don't mm-hmm. see too many outstanding quarterbacks who can throw it all over the field. And I'm not, not downing any of those kids. I'm just saying sure. it was a lot of run heavy. So we tell them, like, hey, we got to stop the run first if we want to be successful. And we we struggled. We struggled our first year giving up points, and we struggled this year giving up points. But I think we're going to put a little bit more emphasis on it this year and make sure that we are, we are gap sound. And that's mm-hmm. our philosophy is effort angles. Stay in your gap and make plays. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, MSAC. It was that was that's a unique conference. That's you either see spread with really good athletes, talking capital, South Charleston, or you see in Huntington's in that category, kind of, or you see like Wing T Triple talking Spring Valley Midland. So it's like oh, yeah. it's like a it, a huge chasm of difference in in offensive scheme in the Cardinal conference, it was kind of all over the place. You had some spread teams, you had pro style, you had Winfield single wing coach Snyder's a really good job there with, with that stuff, but he's single wing. We also, he could also go spread. Uh, they had a quarterback up years ago. That was, he was a dude. He was really good. But so coach talk about your, your special teams philosophy. What's your, what's your deal there? What do you like to do on special teams? Are you a riverboat gambler or are you more conservative uh, on the special teams? Well, I tell you what, it's a little different up here with the, the single-A team. We don't really have a true kicker. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're going for two almost all the time. Unless sure. I want to feel like a great, you know, college team. We're up 7 nothing instead of 8 nothing. You know, right, just, yeah, dude. Just the preciseness. But when it comes to punt, uh, first of all, punt, we spread out. Okay. We, spread, we get everyone out of that box. And we understand that, hey, if they want to send more, there's gonna, there's got to be a guy open out there. So mm. we'll actually spread, we'll, we'll go into our aces set two by two, and that's how we punt. We'll just spread out, and then we'll we'll um, congest in the area that it's punt. Uh, for, for kick return, and it's funny because I always tell the guys, what are we trying to do here? Uh, part the Red Sea. Is, is, is oh, okay, I like that. Yeah, part the Red Sea. So we're, we're trying to open up that middle. One guy leads, we've got two guys back, one guy leads, one guy goes. But I think the one I really like is our kickoff. Hmm. And I really took pride in that. It's it's either a set the tone at the beginning of the game, set the tone at halftime, after halftime, and especially after you score. And it, it can really just bury teams. And our guys, I just let them know, you absolutely sprint down that field. I don't care how tired you are. Sprint down the field, okay, Take on that defender, which we which we do is we actually miss. We'll miss mm-hmm. left if we're kicking left, miss right if we're kicking right. And you guys gang tackle the guy, and you get up excited to play defense. Mm. Uh, kickoff is is like I said is one of the set the tone things, 
and I really, really harp on getting down there and making the play quick, getting everyone fired up, ready to go on that defense. That's awesome, man. I, as a head coach, I've always been really particular about punt and kickoff because the other team can score. <laughs> and, yeah. and I cut my teeth as an assistant coach on the defensive side of the ball. So that's always been at the forefront of my mind. Like those two have to be right because if you mess yeah. up on those, they can take it for for six, you know? Yeah, or or even if you seem to have momentum, but you have to punt it away, there's not really a shift in momentum. There's right. a shift in the ball change. But, hey, if they take it back for yeah. even 35, 40 yards, yeah. that momentum has just completely shifted because because mm -hmm. you didn't stay in your lane, go down, make a play, you're missing tackle or something like that. Mm -hmm. Punt return always gives me anxiety because you try to rep guys catching kicks in practice, and that always just makes you nervous. Especially if your guy who's been fielding kicks is needs a blow or he's or he he gets hurt, and you're the, another guy goes back there, and you're thinking to yourself, "Please don't muff this kick," you know. I know, and then of course in high school you have kids sometimes who who will just obliterate the punt returner even if they fair catch so they may be yes. scared to, to catch it yeah so yeah you're i'm right with you i hold my breath <laughs> yeah and and then you think to yourself you know in the, if, he, if he doesn't catch it the ball starts rolling rolling and you're saying oh we got to field it but then you think to yourself well if we muff it you know i'd rather have the ball in field position on special teams that's kind of been my thing what do you what do you think about that uh what was it again what like i'd rather like if, if I had to pick between being risky and fielding a punt or letting it bounce and we lose field position, I just rather I'd rather be guaranteed to have the ball. Like I'd rather just be guaranteed to have it. Don't don't try to take a chance and field a, a kick where you don't have to field it. Right. I, I agree. And really what you think about, I, I don't really know how it is was you know down down south but it's like here teams don't punt unless they are almost behind the 50 yard line and you're yeah. not going to see someone who's going to punt real far mm -hmm. right so we have a chance if we want to let the ball roll usually that ball is going to be hitting around the 30 yard line if it mm -hmm. rolls 10 yards to the 20 it's not like we're in horrible shape yeah so like that's like you said if we need to let it roll we'll let it roll mm -hmm. but but obviously, in a perfect situation, we want to run up on it, catch the ball, and either have a return or catch it and have a good field position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's actually easier to to go against kickers that are good because you can you can see where the ball's going, like if they're consistent. So that guy kicks at thirty five yards, usually kicks it to the right hash or something of that nature. It's when you play a team and you have no idea where the ball's going. Oh, yeah, that's the scariest. Part. <laughs> You're that's okay. You got guys retreating. You have guys retreating. This guy kicks it about a mile and a half up in the air. Yeah. About 10 yards. It may hit, hit, hit your guy on the top of the helmet because he's going back trying to block. Yeah, yeah. So. And then, of course, in high school, you get the teams that squib it every time. And then, you know, as you know, I've called offensive plays for the past two years, and you think, oh, that's good because you get better field position. But as the head coach, you're holding your breath thinking, I just hope we field this ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because your guys in the front line are always the best athletes because you got to put your guys and catch it in the back in case they kick it deep right. and they can return it. So you're hoping like your your will linebacker can field a, a squib. Does that, do you feel the same way on kick return? I, I'm so nervous on kickoff return every time. It's, it's, it's ridiculous how nervous I am. 
Yeah, we, we've never – I don't think we've ever had any guy in a place where I'm like, please don't kick it to him, something bad will happen. But but you're right, yeah, when it's given to a certain area, I, guys aren't used to seeing that. And they yeah. have to – and being on – we play on dominantly grass fields. That ball can go anywhere. Oh, absolutely yeah, sure. anywhere, and you have no idea where it's going to bounce. So, mm-hmm. we just told them to cradle it, get out of cradle it. Like, it's, it's a little baby on the ground, and everyone pile on top of them, make sure that we got the ball. That's all that matters. Heck, yeah, no doubt. Coach, as we as we land the plane here, I would love a nugget for a coach that wants to wants to get wants to become a head coach like you did at, at a young age. What are some things that they can do to help themselves become a become a young head coach? I think the first thing that, that a person should do, and I've learned this, I was I was 22 years old when I got hired. Right. Make sure you have the mindset that you want to do what you want to do. Okay. Mm. Don't don't be someone who goes into the position. Yeah, it's cool to be a head coach. I want to be a head coach, and not think about what it takes to be a head coach. Sure. Um, you know, and obviously you're going to see stuff that you, you probably didn't think about when you get hired and stuff like that. But if you want to be a coach, you better have the mindset to be a coach. Talk to as many coaches as you can to figure out what they did. Um, to manage and what they did to, to either find coordinators or to be a coordinator or something like that. And make sure that you are someone who enjoys being around kids. Because mm. if you're not someone who enjoys around being kids, then you're not going to have fun in a profession. Make sure that, that you're in it for the right reasons. Like for me, I wanted to come back and, and change the program in my hometown. I wanted to get back to my community. I cared for the kids. I wanted them to be able to leave the program as Hey, coach, I appreciate you helping me out. I feel like I'm a better man leaving this program. So just make sure if it's someone who is my age or at the young age that I took it over, just make sure you you put all your effort into it, you talk to coaches, and, and you, you care about kids. Man, that is awesome. And coach, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk with us, and, and good luck this uh, upcoming season. Yeah, I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks for having me again.